Hey everyone, welcome back to Setting the Skein. I'm Tristan. And I'm Elijah, and uh, none of our other regular hosts are here this week. It's it's it. It's just... Uh, wait a second. No, it's... It can't... It can't just be us. Right, <laughs> because... There's a the third person on this call. Right. No, not even our families would listen if it was just the two of us. So <laughs> we, have, we have a guest. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, everybody. I am Haley Vaughn, and I am a friend of the hosts. And I'm really happy to be here this week to talk about our movie. What movie do we have this week, guys? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, this week we have La La Land. Yay! Yeah, which is okay. did you say your second favorite movie? It's my second favorite film. I it recently moved up from nine all the way up to two. <laughs> Big jump. Um, okay. Yeah, so huge jump for me. It surpassed Interstellar or There Will Be nope. Blood. Which, there will be which blood. One is there third? will be blood actually moved back. That's third now. No, it's nine. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, sw- oh. I swapped them. Oh, the mighty have fallen. The so mighty has fallen. Is your favorite. Yeah, there will be blood. Just kind of makes me sad, honestly. So, but this I, one doesn't. Uh, well, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's interesting. It makes me feel a lot of things. Um, yeah, this is okay. a very feeling movie for me. It is a feeling movie. This uh, this movie is known for hitting you in the feels. Uh, it's known for its ending. It's known for its stunning visuals, and um, its music and its two lead actors. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. This, these are a couple of the roles they're best known for. Um, this movie is also known for a controversy that happened at the Oscars. So this movie was nominated for a bajillion awards, um, apparently tied the record for most Academy Award nominations with Titanic and an older movie. I can't remember what it was now. Um, so it won a ton of awards. Uh, it, it won several Oscars. Uh, but it did not win best picture. It was falsely announced as best picture. And then the hosts were told like in the middle of the daggum acceptance speech that the winner was actually moonlight that year. Um, and the moonlight crew kind of got slighted that year. Um, so yeah, that's, those are some of the things this movie's known for. This movie was directed by Damien Chazelle. Is that how you say it? Yes. Chazelle also directed. Yeah, he also directed Whiplash, which I very dearly need to see. Um, But we don't really know him for much else. No. This movie stars Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in the lead roles. And most of the other actors that you'll see listed, uh, you probably don't recognize because, I mean, I don't. Maybe that's because a lot of these people just have like uh, stage acting backgrounds and I just haven't really followed much. Uh, but uh, two names that definitely jump out to folks like me are J.K. Simmons and John Legend, who is a bit of a surprise appearance. Because I've watched this movie with people before and they've had a, a you know, a sudden reaction to seeing him on the yeah. screen. Yeah. I've seen this movie before and I still had a sudden reaction to seeing John <laughs> right. Legend. I did too. I forgot he was in the movie. So yeah, you forget, you forget he's in it and then you're like, that's John freaking Legend. <laughs> yeah. What's he doing here? And uh, yeah, um, La La Land is pretty universally considered a good movie. Um, it has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, 81% uh, fan audience score. It's five out of five on Common Sense, eight out of 10 on IMDb, and a 94 meta score. Very yeah. high. Yeah, the, the critics ate this movie up when it came out in a good Be- way because they're, yeah, because they're, you know, 
it's a movie about Hollywood, kind kind of, and or it at least it's like reminisces a it tribute, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, of course they're gonna pat themselves on the back. I guess I don't know how you want to put it. <laughs> so, what's everyone's experience with this movie? Have have you seen it um, before this watching this viewing? What do you think? Uh, okay, this is my fourth attempt at watching it. My attempt. second time. Yes, I've fallen asleep twice in this movie. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. This is my second time completing the movie, though. I've paid attention the whole time. Okay. So, yeah. Good. Good. Um, I think I've seen this movie three times. Um, and yet I still forget the name of every single character in the movie. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I guess I'm not one to remember names for movies, but yeah, they're not super memorable. Names, right. So. The main characters are Sebastian and Mia, but we will only ever know them as Ryan, as Ryan and, and Emma. Emma. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a movie where there's four names in the movie, you can, you can, you know, <laughs> and two of them are the leads. The other two are just bit parts really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're just going to call them <laughs> by their, by the actors' names. For sure. Yeah. Tristan, well. what's your experience? Well, I uh, I love this movie dearly. I saw this movie when it came out in theaters. Uh, what was it 2016? You said I forget 2017. 2017, I think. Heck, my my have the years gone by. 2016 is when it came out. Um, so yeah, I, I saw uh, I saw it in January of 2017 though, because it came out Christmas. Sorry, yeah. who cares? Honestly, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna <laughs> stop talking about that. Um, and I loved it after I saw it. I um, and immediately it well, it didn't really immediately go on my list, but it went on my list pretty quickly for favorite films. And it has only since gone up on the list and has moved up every few years, at least a couple. Um, and recently moved up to number two on my list. So I've seen it a lot. One one could say I like this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I it's think that's not a fair on, assumption. It's not on my list of favorite movies, but um, you know, I'm not a big musicals person in general, so this is definitely on my list of favorite musicals because there's but so see, few that I've really liked. I am, and and I don't like it for that reason. I think is one of the reasons I think, but yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Nice. Well, Damien Chazelle has not done that much as far as directing goes um he he did whiplash before this movie which was huge um it was pretty popular and before that nothing really he did whiplash he he did a, he did a short film uh which was a version of whiplash that also had jk simmons in it um and i forget which movie he did before that but it was an indie film and uh, and then, of course, he came out with First Man, came out a few years ago, with, which also had Ryan Gosling. And then uh, that's it. He's got one called Babylon coming out in 2022 next year. So he's a very interesting style. Yeah. I mean, this is the only one I've seen, but he has a lot of um, like unbroken kind of like very long shots, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. And obviously, he is pretty serious about visuals and music. I would yes. say that's fair. I've only seen the one, but I, I would assume that he's probably just as vigilant with his other pieces. So, yeah, I don't, I haven't seen First Man and I don't remember Whiplash very well. I kind of wish Doug was on here to, 
to give us the the scoop on Whiplash. Um, but that that's a very big music film as well. And I think um, I, 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 it just reminds me of The Social Network because we did that episode recently. But it's very, it's a heavy film and it's about a relationship between two people that is not really working out very well. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if First Man is like this too and how many of his movies are like this. Um, because La La Land is similar in a way that's, it's about two people really um, and what their life is like and what, what's not working out for them. Um, so I don't know. It reminds me of a, of a Goosebumps novel a little bit with the way that it kind of jumps back and forth. It's like when you get to a page and it's like flip back to page 15 and pick a new ending. <laughs> oh, like a, a game book. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. But visually, yeah. I saw there... that the the New York Post, I think it was someone had said that it's less of a musical movie and more of a visual poem, which I thought was fitting. I thought that that was a better way to describe it. So, yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Of course, visual poetry is like a, a genre of film. And um, I don't think anybody who participated in making this movie would have called it that. Probably Maybe not. <laughs> um, huh. So can we talk about the cast? Yeah. All right. Let's start with Ryan Gosling. Uh, Haley, how do you feel about this guy? <laughs> Listen, okay, I don't like dislike Ryan Gosling. There's nothing inherently wrong with Ryan Gosling. I just don't think that Ryan Gosling plays a very convincing Sebastian because I couldn't even tell you that that was what his name was until I went to look at Spotify to see what the song was called. And it was called Maya and Sebastian's theme song. So I just, I, I don't know that Ryan Gosling was the right choice, but it was originally supposed to be Emma Watson and Miles Teller. And I know that Miles Teller would have definitely been the wrong choice. So I am glad that we did get Ryan Gosling as opposed to Miles. But yeah, on the whole, I think, I think there could have been a better choice, but. Why was, why was he the wrong or why wasn't he a good choice? And maybe who would have been, or what kind of person would have been a better choice for this character? I just feel like the whole time I wasn't watching Sebastian, I was just watching Ryan and Emma and it was just their friendship dynamic and not necessarily these two other characters who, you know, I just didn't fall into their character story very well. Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody else could have created an entirely new character, you know, and I just didn't think I enjoyed it. I mean, he's funny and they have really good chemistry, but I don't think that he was necessarily the right Sebastian, if that's makes sense. Yeah. As far as characters go and characterizations, I, 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 I don't know. I guess you hit the nail on the head there with, with that because it, it just makes me think about these two people, like what their, what their motivations are as they move through the movie. Both of them are chasing their dreams. Right, yeah. And... Yeah, that, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if that gets in the way of their own character development, not for not for a movie, but just themselves. Yeah, it's possible. I don't feel like we really have a reason to root for the two of them to be together. 
necessarily yeah, because they're kind of on separate paths the whole time. And mm -hmm. so when they had that like breakup scene in the park, spoiler, but you know, <laughs> when they're kind of <laughs> deciding to wait it out and see what happens, I feel like normally that would be like a tear inducing scene. And I was just kind of like, eh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Cause I, I was going to say the fact that they seem to be on two different paths the whole time. And so there's not that much reason to root for them to be together. I, I was going to say serves the movie well because of the ending that it's heading towards. Um, but you bring up the scene where they sort of break up. Um, you're right. Ordinarily, a, a scene like that would, would, be like would make you want to, you know, yeah, your heart would be <laughs> ripped out of your chest. But it wasn't like that. It was like, oh, right. all right. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just see. <laughs> that, that makes me think of the way it was described as a, as a poem. Mm, yeah. And... Uh, it you know poems i mean i guess unless you're reading an epic poem <laughs> poems are generally it, it's a thing that has happened or it's a feeling or it's like a an emotion that you're you're reading about someone's emotion or something they're going through and they're expressing it through writing of course they can be about anything but i think that what that's what this movie is sort of um drawing towards yeah so yeah I can I can see that. It it just makes me think like even even though their relationship we we weren't caught up in their relationship, we were still watching it happen and it was it was interesting to see from a, an emotional perspective on how it was affecting them. Yeah. And really it gets into like the end of the movie and how like it 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 messes with their dreams some. And yeah. with the whole like dancing bit at the end, you know, right. Um, we can get in that later, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not, yeah. Like I said, it's not like I disliked Ryan Gosling. I just, you know, I think that there probably could have been somebody better. I also think that they were kind of riding a high off of crazy, stupid love and people were kind of really obsessed with them as a couple. And so I feel like one had to go with the other just to sell at the box office mm -hmm. at this time. So, but um okay uh, there there were several things i wanted to say and i'm trying to decide on what thing i want to <laughs> say right now um uh, but definitely one thing the movie's preoccupied with is its visuals and its music and those things seem more important to this movie than the character arcs maybe not the main character arcs although arguably i mean there are only two characters in this movie that you care about when you're watching it they're the only two characters you remember after watching it. And even them, you don't remember their names. So this movie is definitely more preoccupied with other things, um, less preoccupied with the characters than movies we're accustomed to watching. Um, I would say one reason that makes Ryan Gosling clearly a good choice for this is the fact that he played those piano parts himself and he learned them all for this movie. Uh, apparently, he already played guitar before this. And of course, John Legend's in it. And he, he uh, is known for playing piano. And those two guys switched and learned the opposite instrument for this movie. Um, but like John Legend didn't have to play that much guitar in this movie. You know, he I wasn't think it doing... was just a one one concert yeah. scene that he did. But mm -hmm. yeah, he wasn't doing that much. But Ryan Gosling did a lot, a lot playing piano yeah. in this movie. Um, and John Legend, I, I saw where he said he was actually kind of jealous of how quickly Gosling picked it up. 
which I think is a pretty good indication that he was a good choice. Oh yeah. I will say um, that that's impressive. It's, it's fairly in my pro column of, yeah. <laughs> of things that are really cool about this movie, because and at first our- I thought it was a hand double. So I went and looked it up and it's not, which is oh. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They hired one, but they just never had to use them. So, oh. um, and for our listeners, Haley did just show us she literally has a pro and con column that she's looking at. Okay, I, do. I um, like to make lists. I I should have used to do that. Oh yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> Back when we cared. Yeah, um, we used to take notes during movies. Yeah, when before we were brought low by this. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm just now remembering this. Uh, I wish I'd looked it up before we recorded, but there's an SNL skit where I think Keenan Thompson mentions La La Land and he's like, what? The movie where the black guy teach? No, the white guy teaches the black guy about jazz. <laughs> that whole thing. Because um, that is a, that is a yeah. dynamic. That's the dynamic yeah. between Ryan's character and John Legend's character. Um, not that John Legend's character who has a name that we don't remember um i honestly that, didn't know that i really thought right. that he was appearing as himself <laughs> oh yeah he uh he's he's playing a character who does know about jazz he just wants to do jazz inflected pop yeah and that's you know gosling is a purist uh, uh sebastian i should say is a purist and so he's trying to convince uh john legend's character to hold on to this pure jazz thing and so he he just yammers about jazz the whole movie. That's one of the things people like to make fun yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And rightly um, so, though, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, and that that also I think makes it easy to to critique this through a racial lens and say something about that dynamic seems a little off. And I I really thought to bring that up because you mentioned that Miles Teller was the guy originally considered for this role. He was. And I'm wondering if they considered any african-american actors i doubt it i really think they should have though particularly with the emphasis on the whole movie being jazz and jazz having been born out of you know the african-american community i don't you know that's why i say i think that he may not have been the right choice i think he was Mm -hmm. a fine choice i just don't think he was the right choice for this Mm -hmm. movie in particular also john legend fits squarely into my con column (laughs) i think it's because i watched between two ferns too recently and he also appeared out of nowhere on between two ferns and it was like a crazy appearance and it was just comedic so i laughed the whole time he was on stage i couldn't take him seriously Uh uh-huh no well, he he's not really a good actor, John Legend. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, he, he he's he's fine. Like, he's not bad, particularly. He, he's just like there. He's just like, yeah, sure. I'll say those lines. He's yeah. just nothing to write home about. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there is something about John Legend's freaking eyes that when you see that when you look at that man's face, you can't help but think like, what does he know that he is not telling the rest of us? Yes. He has that kind of look. He has like resting mischievous face. Mm, that's that's true. And that I think true. that affects my perception of his character in this movie. I think that's true. I definitely thought he was shady the whole time. <laughs> right. And he's like, really as soon hot, as you introduce you know? him and, and he gives him side eye and you're like, yeah, <laughs> something went down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh contrastly though i think uh emma stone did very well i would say i would say knowing that emma watson was who was supposed to be in this and how poorly beauty and the beast went i feel like we definitely lucked out by having emma stone 
in yeah. this particular film. That's probably true. And I like Emma Watson, but I agree with what you just said. I do too, but I don't think she belongs in this film. So yeah. Um, and Emma Watson also pretty, f- I, I'm sorry, Emma, St- this is going to get real confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Stone also is well known for um, singing her parts live in this movie. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> also, she takes those two fake phone calls, the one-sided phone calls. And those were very good. There's one where she's doing the audition scene in the blue jacket and it's very, it's phenomenal acting. And then yeah. there's a second one where she's off screen talking to her mom but there's nobody on the other end of that line. And she just has like perfect timing with, you know, what they would say and how she responds and her emotions. It's really good. So I appreciated her. And didn't I also read, I I remember it's been a few days, but I read like all the IMDb trivia, dude, this movie has a lot of interesting trivia. Just read the IMDb trivia straight up and down. It's good stuff. But I think there was a bit on there about, um, some of her character's experience actually being based on her own. Like she added some of her own experience with auditioning for roles to Mia in this story, Hmm. which is pretty cool. That's neat. I didn't know that. I can say though, with definite assurance that her eyebrows are in the con column. I feel like (laughs) the wardrobe department did not do her very, (laughs) they just didn't do her right. I mean, they're like 10 shades darker than her hair and it's very distracting. There's like articles about this. I'm definitely not the only one. <laughs> I gotta look this up. It's, remember it's, just, it's so dark. I like I was visibly distracted the whole time just looking uh, at her yeah. eyebrows. Oh, I can't say that I was. Uh, this you is the weren't? First, this is the first what? I've even thought about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a thing. Yeah. I see what you mean. They're, well, they're darker than they usually are. I think it's because the movie before this, she also had blonde eyebrows. So it was like a very stark contrast between <laughs> what they used to look like in this movie. Um, but I am seeing, as Tristan's Googling this on the screen that he's sharing, I'm seeing a lot of makeup tutorials for how to make your eyebrows look like that. So I don't know if too many people share Haley's opinion that this is a con. Maybe not. I just know it didn't like immediately I saw her and my brain was like, that looks like fake Emma Stone. And it's not. It's just Emma Stone with way too much eyebrow <laughs> makeup. So, oh, OK, the the picture of her. Well, when she, when she did her one woman show, I, I think I, I see it there. Yeah. Her eyebrows are really dark there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was visibly distracting for me. I just feel like the wardrobe department didn't think that quite through. But you know, in reference to the old Hollywood and homage to old Hollywood, that's that's a thing. You know, yeah, dark okay. eyebrows and lighter hair. So yeah, that's been thinking along that line. Well, it uh, to go back to the characters real quick. I I don't know how to feel about. I really don't know how to feel about Ryan Gosling's character. Because I know a lot of people don't like him for the reasons we talked about. They don't like the way he is. He's kind of annoying about jazz. He can't stop talking about any. He, there's nothing else he will discuss. <laughs> it's just jazz. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really have a good personality. He's just passionate about this and very good at it. He's he's hyper fixated on it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I've I've known people who are like that about things. But I don't know if I've known people quite like that, you know. And I don't know that I've realistically found people who have fallen in love with those people because of that thing. 
if that makes sense. Typically, yeah. it's one of those people you know at a party that you talk to for like 20 minutes about the same thing. And then you're like, I, I got to go to the bathroom. And you try to like get away from them the rest of the evening. Yeah. You know? yeah. So <laughs> like just, he is passionate about jazz. <laughs> I think the, the reason that exists in this movie is because it's it's trying to show you what someone is like when they are really into their like what like when they really want to do something and they're like this is my dream i'm not going to do anything else now yeah, i but, definitely have met people like that yeah he mm-hmm. definitely abandons it really quickly though too which is kind of frustrating it was like the first phone call he overheard of her talking to her mom about how slow his job was going he like immediately busted into the door of like his friend's band and was like never mind i'll just tour for the rest of my life yeah you well- know that seems a little realistic, you know, deciding you need to give up that's, on your dream yeah. to, to, you know, have firmer roots. I guess People that's true. That. Well, we, we see, so we see him and in the, in, at the end of the five years later scene, like he eventually opens his own club. Yeah. He accomplishes his dream. Yeah. He gets there, but I think he gets, you know, earlier on when they're in a relationship, I think he gets to the point of where he's like, realistically i need to i need to do something to make money like like this can work for me for now you know like i'll just do it it'll be fine i think it was mia who brings him to that point and he probably wouldn't have gotten there otherwise i think he would have just continued his routine of sipping coffee sipping coffee and like just going to clubs (laughs) and like just trying to be hopeful never unpacked his house yeah I, i i i don't think that all that stuff would have happened if he hadn't have had Mia there to push him to do it. That's yeah. true. She was also very ambitious in her own right. I mean, she yeah. was going to multiple auditions a week and whatnot. So, yeah. And that's really what the story's about, right? Like it's a love story. People will tell you that, but it's really like not a love story. And it's really just about two people whose paths crossed as they were on their way to accomplishing the dream. They were really passionate about um, really driven towards and they were good for each other. They helped each other along on their dream and they pushed each other appropriately. And then they, you know, went their separate ways. Um, they, they their characters are kind of opposites in a way. Like Emma Stone's character is really like, she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to really push on this acting thing. I'm going to go to these auditions. Like she knows how to do it. She knows what needs to be done. Um, and she's doing it. Like she's going out there and doing it. And whereas Sebastian is, has these dreams and ideas, but he's not really doing much. And yeah. he finally, the thing he does is he joins John Legend's band. <laughs> and that's, that, that was like, okay, I, ne- I guess I need to do something now. And, and he clearly realized it wasn't for him because he didn't stay there for, you know, forever. Um, and on the other hand, Mia she she lets up a little bit on things as she meets like as she gets into a relationship with Sebastian and um I I I guess we don't know that exactly but I think it's assumed that she at least like like um she starts working on her own show you know rather than auditioning for all these different things she starts doing her own show so in a way they kind of flip-flop in that way I guess like they um I I see that because there's flop on my screen (laughs) um they kind of weave in and out and they kind of 
yeah. at different points in time, they are different things to each other. Kind of like, and like they cross. You're doing that yeah. with your hands, like <laughs> yeah. DNA. And sometimes <laughs> they hit. Sometimes they yeah. hit in the middle. And that yeah. is when the relationship happens. Right. I think that's when they hit in the middle and the relationship happens. And it's, and it's pr- pretty good from what we can tell. And then they keep moving past again. And, and then, then they briefly tap and then they're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, as time goes, like yeah. their paths cross again, I guess, be, like later on in the movie, not at the end, but like when he goes and gets her from her home, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, I've always said that it's possible for two people to be quote unquote good for each other, but not quote unquote right for each other. Mm. And I think this is a, this is kind of that that's a good example on screen that they don't end up together. And that's probably a good thing. Cause maybe they don't actually, maybe they're not actually the best choice for each other, you know, long-term, but they were good for each other for that amount of time that they were in each other's lives. They um, pushed each other to grow and chase their dreams. Yeah. yeah. And you said this wasn't a love story before, but I think it is. Well, it uh, is, it is, but I'm just saying, it's a love story without the happy ending though, or like the expected well, happy ending, I think. Well, they're both I think, happy. I think, the, <laughs> I think the story and the character development is more about pursuing your dreams than it is about falling in love. And I think the fact that they fall in love is just in service to the, the real story about following your passions. I think that that's true. Yeah. I think that the, well, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but yeah, I think, I think the ending is a good example of that. Yeah. You're right, Tristan. They are happy at the end, but I just mean, it's not the typical Hallmark movie, right? Like, okay, we'll all go meet Santa Claus and hits under the mistletoe and, you know, and it's interesting how they give glimpses of that, but they don't let that happen. Yeah. This movie uses to, to, to tell a story like this, it uses old Hollywood tricks that um you know like i guess singing in rain is a really good example because most people have seen it or know that movie mm-hmm. there's a lot of parts of that movie there, there's a lot in that movie where it's just dancing and singing and it's like where did this come from why is this happening you, you know it's like yeah it's all it's like fantastical in a way um, i suppose i think though on that tangent the whole first group number could have been cut and it would not have affected the entire film at all <laughs> sure yeah I, I i don't know really know i guess it, i don't know why it's there um I, th- I think he just felt pressure as a director since it's a musical movie to put a group number in there since there's not another one but it just it feels forced well, that i i lied i do know why it's there <laughs> the, the the first song is about the, the whole thing is about people in la trying to chase their dreams correct and that's what this movie is two people in la trying to chase their dreams and it's just guess. two of those people who could have been sitting in that you know on that freeway and like yeah you're right it doesn't we don't need that song like yeah it doesn't have to be there but i think it i think it's just it has a purpose you know like it's it's about Ironically something enough, happening they had to shut down the exit ramp for 48 hours to film that. So there's a lot of people who could not use the highway simply because this number was being filmed. So I don't know. I just didn't think it served an overall purpose, but I guess I could see it if you're saying that they're, you know, it's, it's not just these two people, but like 
all 200 people that were on the exit ramp having the same kind of story. Yeah. But There's probably I just don't a... think it would have affected the integrity of the film if they'd cut those eight minutes. So there's there's probably a literary term for this but um elijah you may know it it it's like um it's like a a prelude in a way but but it's a it's a prelude that that tells you what's going to happen before it happens um and it's like like foreshadowing <laughs> or like an epilogue maybe or a prologue a, a prologue that's yeah, it prologue it just makes me think of a prologue okay yes, that's so true. um so like uh if you're reading, say, I don't remember which Harry Potter book it was, but one of the Harry Potter books starts with, uh, you know, Snape talking to all the Death Eaters and they're like, take the unbreakable vow. I think it's the sixth one. Yeah, it's the sixth one. And uh, it's like, where's Harry? I'm reading a book called Harry Potter and this isn't about him, you know? <laughs> and then later it's like, oh, it actually was part of the story. Um, maybe that's not the best example, but is, you're saying that this scene at the beginning I of La La Land. You're on the right track. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the our main characters are actually in that scene, but they're not really in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the flip side, though, it's true at the end, they kind of have a group number, sort of. They're not singing anymore, but they are dancing. But then the main characters are back in the same group of people again. So I guess that's kind of closes the loop. I don't know. It just was interesting because they added those, the text that told you what season it was and the text didn't come before that number. It came after. It just felt like it was unnecessary. Mm -hmm. yeah. But other than that, I did enjoy the music. I don't think that uh, the City of Stars song, I don't think that deserved the awards it got. I think that Mia and Sebastian's theme song is much better in yeah. my opinion, but that's just my opinion. I, I really like the music in this movie, uh, at least for the most part. Like, I can't remember anything I don't like in particular. But yeah, it was interesting to me that the big award winner was that City of Stars song. Not I mean, that that song fine. is bad. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it's good. It's good. But the one that sticks in your head is the one he keeps playing over and over again, the riff on the piano. Yeah. And that's not City of Stars because I thought it was. And I was like, OK, that makes sense. And then I went to Spotify and that is not <laughs> the song that I thought it was. So. It was interesting. Very Star is Born vibes where they just have, have two stars that are singing together on a track and the track wins because it's two stars singing on a track. So, yeah. Uh, but, okay. Yeah. I absolutely see what you mean now. I haven't seen yeah. the movie, but that I haven't totally either. I just can't me. stop. Yeah. The song is everywhere, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I could see how this could be a similar thing, but um. Yeah, I should have also re-listened to the soundtrack before we recorded this because I can't remember the name of my actual favorite piece. Um, but it's a really dynamic one where it slows down and then speeds back up. I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about. Is it the one where they're dancing at the end? There's one that's just called Ending, um, I think. I think yeah, that's... I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that was it. Um, it does. I do like it that slows one down, speeds up. Yeah. But it's score. It's not. It's, um, it's Yeah, it doesn't have lyrics. There's very yeah. few with lyrics in it, actually which is surprising for a musical movie, but I guess it makes sense because the jazz is the, are the lyrics. The jazz are the lyrics, I guess. Yeah. I, um, I, I had this thought before you said poem, but the poem, poem makes sense, actually. Um, I had this thought last night because I was thinking about how to view this movie 
And it doesn't make sense to me. If, if I think of this movie as a thing that actually happened to these people, like a realistic type of movie, I don't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that boat. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but the way that I, I think about it is almost like a dream. Like this is this is something that maybe in an alternate universe or something or I don't know, in someone's imagination has happened, which, of course, it, for obvious reasons, it makes the dance numbers make a little more sense, especially the ending part. Right. Um, maybe a, maybe a, some sort of universe where like time doesn't really matter and you can just go back and forth. Yeah, I, I just think about that. I think about it as a as a story more than a real life thing that's happening, I guess. Because there's so much, there's so there's so much color and there's so much like symbolism and there's um it's like a Pixar short. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of like a parable. Yeah. A parable. Just like, that's it. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Just like a story where it's like I mean, yeah, we're talking about people in store, but like don't pay attention to the people because they're not actually as important as you know what the story is getting at or something like that yeah that's exactly right elijah the 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 point of the story i i mean i I feel like i keep i keep wanting to cut to the end because it's like everything that i want to is about this movie for me but yeah we can go ahead and talk about it just the, the to me the point of the story is you have two people who were focused on what they're doing in their own lives and they want to achieve something. They want to get there. They want to make it, whatever that means. Like, what does that even mean when we really think about it? What does that mean making it? A lot of people, you get there, you make it, you get the job you wanted. You, you know, make that thing you wanted to make. You, um, you go to that place you wanted to go to. And it's like, I was, I wanted to go there for years for, for like 10 years. I wanted to go visit this place, but now I've gone and now it's what, what's next, you know? Yeah, kind of like Emma, when Emma goes back to the coffee shop, and she was the person on the other side of the counter in the beginning, and the woman came in, and she was so jealous, and then she became the woman that was in the golf cart getting free coffee, you know? Yeah. I think that was when her story kind of came full circle, so. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you, um, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um. The title of this movie is perfect. Yeah. Um, and I think I think I read that part of it is just because L.A. and this movie is kind of a tribute to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but I mean, really, the bottom line is that this is a movie about, you know, two kids with big, big dreams. They're they're dreamers. So they're in La La Land, um, but they're also in the real world. And I think that's also I mean, that makes this a really good setting for a musical because that's one thing that musicals do is they can take a a realistic story and suddenly take it into a dream sequence you know to express something um in a way that you wouldn't get if the movie was totally down to earth and realistic Uh um so you know i think maybe music and i know the least about musicals of the three of us but i think maybe (laughs) you know the the whole the concept of having your head in the clouds and being a little bit of a dreamer 
it meshes really well with the whole idea of musicals and what they do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the title is perfect for a story about uh, two people chasing their dreams, no matter what. And um, I think that makes it a really fitting uh, decision to, to make this a musical. I agree to an extent. I think it, I think it lacks an execution for, for some of it, just because, well, and, and it's an interesting case because this is not something that came from a Broadway stage that was adapted to be a movie. This was, you know, created as a movie and has then, you know, started to permeate other places. And it almost is more of like a flash mob to me than a musical. It's not really something you can sing along to. It's not something that like, you know, I'm going to watch as a comfort movie personally, but um, I, I think I see where definitely the dream sequence fits in, but it, it is hard to watch and think of it like a Broadway musical. Cause it, it's just not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, this wouldn't, this wouldn't go this, this would have to be really adjusted to work on stage. It's agreed. It's meant for, it's meant for a movie. Film. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it was meant for film, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I think the movie asks an interesting question, you know, about people's dreams and holding on to those dreams amidst, amidst a relationship that, you know, it's like, what is, what, what's more important? Like, what am I, what, what do I really want? And what am I working on, you know, for my whole life or however long I've been wanting to be a, a jazz musician, like perform and have my own club. But then I meet someone who is different from that. And I really like this person. In fact, I love this person. So what does that mean now with my life? And how does that change things? And, you know, I, I think a lot of people have, myself included, have experienced this. And it's like, well, heck, you know, or like, I guess a good example is maybe you want to move somewhere for a job, but someone is keeping you here that you love and they're not, you know, if they move with you, where would they work or what would they do, you know? And it just, it's, it's a question of like, you know, our, the, our world is meeting this sort of love that exists in our heads, but doesn't really exist as a physical object in the world. I can't, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to move up to New York to do this job. And um, my wife's going to come with me because I love her. Um, you know, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't solve all your problems. <laughs> right. She still has to have a job as well or, you know, work, live on her own. She has to physically move and new community, all kinds of stuff. And it just doesn't work in the, in the real world all the time. And I think at the end of the movie, when these two characters meet each other again, just by happenstance, they're both successful in their own right. They've reached their dreams we can see that Seb has a club. Um, we can see how he's changed even because he did not name it chicken on a stick. He does not serve <laughs> chicken. And he even used the design that Mia made for him, which uh, shattered my heart in a million pieces, but whatever. Oh. Um, and Mia's successful. We see her face on a billboard as we, you know, as the, she goes to the, this club um, and she has a family. She has a husband. Who I assume she loves and a daughter she loves, you know, and it's like, um, she's it is, happy too. But- it's interesting the posture between them too. If you see the dream sequence of her with Ryan in the club at the very end, and they're like all over each other, and her with her husband, and they're sitting very far apart, 
and he doesn't touch her when he says it's time to leave the club. Like it's yeah. a different, it's a different type of love. It's a more like settled, you know, this is the rest of my life kind of love. It's not like a passionate summer kind of love, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, it asks the question of like, is that a viable thing? Like what, what is that? Like, can that change from, we never find out, but can that sort of like passionate love become something else? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just, it, I think it opens a lot of those books and it doesn't really give you an answer because life doesn't give you an answer. I mean, life hardly ever gives you closure on things. You just continue on. Something happens and you just move past it and you move on and you continue with your life. And um, at the end, when they meet each other again, they lock eyes. There's a whole sequence that happens where we see maybe what their lives could have been like, or maybe like the feelings that they had and maybe what they were feeling in that moment. Maybe that is just fam, just like what went through their head, all that kind of joy and pain and just everything right there, you know, yeah. and but, it, but we see Seth it doesn't get his, he doesn't get his club in that dream sequence. He ends up going to Paris with her and only ends up playing in Parisian clubs and he doesn't get to follow his dream and all of well, that. She doesn't, so I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, she doesn't really become like a giant movie star either. That's um, true. Yeah. At least from what we can tell, you know, she, yeah. they seem pretty humble with their little house and everything. And I so. think, I think that's important to, to the story talking about uh, the importance of dreams and passions and the fact that, um, you know, they could have, you know, they could have made it work and maybe been happy together. Yeah. Um, but you know, what if they were just, what if they weren't supposed to be together? What if they were just supposed to be good for each other for a while and allow them to move on and, you know, be on their own for a minute and then accomplish their dreams and then settle down. But here's the thing who says who, what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. The compromised dream sequence, which is just about them both compromising on their dream is still a happy ending for them. Yeah. So you know, I guess it's just which dream is more important. Yeah. And I, that, that, that's why I love this movie because it shows you, you know, it shows you two people who followed their dreams. And I could have a whole separate conversation about what that even means, having dreams. <laughs> because I know as a human myself, <laughs> dreams change and what you want to do changes. And it's hard to follow gung ho for a dream when um, you, you have these relationships in your life and people around you and things you're involved in and your community that you're a part of. I mean, some people can just throw that, um, like put, put it to the side and move on, you know, and some people can't and um and some people in between you know it's it's really interesting to me and uh and, and then it shows what happens if they were to stay together i i just i don't know that that's it makes my heart sing really yeah. it's a good ending i'll give you that it's in my pro column that's funny a lot of <laughs> there are people who think oh that movie was great right up until the ending oh really <laughs> I thought the opposite. I was like, eh, until the end. And then at the end, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I was decent. Yeah. I don't need a happy ending. I, I rarely, I, I like endings that, that tell you that life is still happening. Yeah. You know, if, um, if you see a movie and the ending is kind of what 
you described Haley at the beginning, like it's a Hallmark movie. Like, yep, let's go. We're gonna go see Santa now, and that's it. Like, we're together. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, great. Uh, I have no, I, ha- I have no imagination about what's gonna happen. They're gonna be great together. It's fine, you know. But right. with this movie, I have literally no idea. <laughs> like, if she is gonna be happy in her relationship, if Seb is gonna just keep thinking about her and she, he saw her again, or if maybe like in my the brain of Tristan La La Land two or whatever which is no, I'd hope it never happens, but like, uh, you know, just like, what if, what if they just tried again? I don't know. You know, it just, I, I love that about movies and I like to see that in movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if there were a La La Land too, it would be like the 50 years in the future and her husband's dead <laughs> and they meet again at happenstance and, you know, he's ready to turn his club over and then they just tour Europe for the rest of their lives. I don't know. Baby. Yeah yeah well it makes yeah, you kind I, of want that because it shows yeah. you this dream sequence and it just doesn't happen it's not what happened and you wonder the whole time though if it is because it goes on for so long yeah that you think in the back of your head like maybe they really didn't like maybe because when it goes back to her in the blue dress and him kissing her in the restaurant and you're like oh my god this is like lost like i thought the whole thing was happening and it wasn't the whole time you know and you know so it goes on yeah. so long that you doubt yourself and then as soon as you finish doubting yourself you're like oh never mind yeah <laughs> she's just sitting <laughs> to, yeah to me um, that that's what love is to me is feelings like that for someone else and like even if you haven't seen them for that long and it's like you see them and it's like hey we we had a thing and we still were connected in some way, or at least, I don't know. That's just, maybe that's just me, but that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I'm also a fan of the ending. It's a, it's well done. I can, yeah, pro ending. I like it. <laughs> cool. Well, what else do we have to say? Anything else? I have one more thing to say. All right. J.K. Simmons is a baller. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> agree. He doesn't do much in this movie. Not very much at all. That's okay. He's still a baller. <laughs> he does. Uh, I do like his little dance he does in the last, at the end. Uh-huh. And he like wags his finger or something. And then he just, he's like, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's score it. So one to a hundred. I give it an 80. I think it's perfectly fine. I'm not going to be reaching for it on my shelf anytime soon. I wouldn't purchase it in the first place. I didn't even purchase it to watch us this time. <laughs> but I, I think it's either. good. I think it's a I think it's a really good movie to dissect, but it's not a comfort movie and I don't think it's a very good musical on the whole. Like if I was categorizing musicals to watch, this would not be one of them that I was like, "Oh, you've never seen a musical? Let me show you this one." <laughs> so um but it's a good movie it's a good film you don't own this movie yeah it surprised me too i thought i owned it i I was looking for it on all my shelves and i was like where is it Uh, i guess (laughs) i don't have it (laughs) yeah um i think i'm gonna give it an 88 nice yeah, it's a good movie. I'm a fan. Um, I, I like I said, I've I think I've seen it three times, and I'll I'm sure I'll watch it again at some point. Um, and I def I mean, Haley, you said you wouldn't show this movie to somebody who doesn't know much about musicals, but I don't know much about musicals, and I really like this movie. 
yeah to the category of musical movies this would not be the best introduction ah you know <laughs> yeah I That's... put this on the same level of August Rush as far as musical movies go. Like it's a yeah. it's a movie about music. It's not necessarily a musical. You know, that's interesting. We talked about August Rush on the podcast and we said that very same thing. And we also mentioned La La Land while we were talking about it. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to go back to watch that episode. Um, That's great. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely like, it's, it's similar. It's definitely a better movie than August Rush. Agreed. Oh, agreed. Um, and it, it definitely sure. feels more like a conventional musical than August Rush, but it's also not, you know, like you're saying, it's not a conventional musical in a lot of ways. It's not a but, stage you know, show. You can tell. It's just not, it wasn't, it wasn't built for that. So, yeah. Well, listen, I, you know, I'm the guy who I, I was excited to try to watch West Side Story because I was like, this is a classic. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> and, you know, I made it like 11 minutes in and I was like, I cannot stand this. No, it's and bad. I turned it off. It's so, really bad. Yeah. So yeah. La La Land, on the other hand, was like, OK, maybe I do like musicals. Yeah. OK, fair enough. I'll grant you that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Compared I, to I, Cats, I would watch this again. Oh, yeah. A million times over. <laughs> Something I like, I like to say is I... I am not a theater person, but I love theater. And that goes for musicals too. I um show me more movies like this that are musicals, quote unquote, air quotes. And uh, I think I'd be happy. All right. Well, I'll give it my score, I guess. <laughs> I give this 99. movie a 97. Nice. Okay. That was more conservative than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing's quite perfect. Yeah. Not even Interstellar is perfect. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, my favorite movies are Lord of the Rings, and I definitely wouldn't say they're flawless. That's yeah. true. I uh, this this movie came out at a time when I needed to see it, and um, it really because I I had a relationship in high school that really shook me a lot, and it was a it was a good relationship that ended because we moved away from each other. Um, and so, I mean, in this movie, it's, it's two people who, um, who move away as far as, you know, careers go essentially. So, and they still were in it, but, you know, because they moved away, problems began to spring up. So, yeah. um, well, question, do you think it's worth 14 nominations? in six winners for the academy no Awards. i don't okay. i don't that's, that's my only thing i don't feel like it's yeah. like it's critically acclaimed but i don't think it should be that highly rated if that, that is sense. a little excessive I'm it's just you. a little too much <laughs> all right well once we plug all that into our scorometer <laughs> it gives us an 88.3 repeating so i'm good with that Elijah, i think it's you, fair you're on the money yeah i'm right <laughs> It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Bottom I, line, it's a good movie. I thought an 80 was generous from you, Haley. From, from uh, the way you I thought about, about I thought about rating it lower, but I will say I think Emma Stone's performance, not singing, but acting hmm. was unparalleled. I've yet to see that from her in another film, so that definitely added a little bit more to it. And I and I really respect that Ryan Gosling put so much work into it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually I, I have become a bigger and bigger fan of Emma Stone since I've started doing podcast stuff. 
because we on you did spider-man too didn't you right on the on the predecessor to this podcast we talked about the amazing spider-man movies and easy a and both times it was like pretty harshly divided on some things yeah and and i was always so pro emma stone when we talked about those movies so i have largely from arguing with people who didn't like her in those movies i have become a bigger and bigger fan of her yeah my only caveat for this entire thing is the iran scene and i had to close my eyes for the whole thing because it's just too much to watch it's the most cringy scene i've ever seen and i watched an interview of her and she was like no that's just how i dance at parties and they just let me do it in the movie which is just sad i got that vibe i got i actually picked up that yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah but otherwise yeah phenomenal performance Okay, well, next week we are doing a movie. I think maybe we said we would do it this week. I can't remember, but uh, well, we moved it. So that, that's how it goes, folks. Next week, we're doing uh, Marriage Story, a movie that uh, is also about, uh, I guess, two people separating. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hit the nail so, on the head there, Tristan. Y'all are not having a hot girl summer. No. <laughs> Sad boy summer. Sad boy summer. Sad boys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. That's been us, folks. Any any last words? All right. Well, I forget. I'm forgetting how Ben signs off. How does he do it? What does he say? Uh. Okay, Uh, Ben. I know you're listening. Cut this. Oh, no, no. Please keep it. All right. <laughs> all right. That's it for us, folks. For all of there he says, for all of us here at Setting the Skein, I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And I'm Haley. And you guys have a great week. <laughs>